Hello everyone and welcome to the Underrated Pillow Show, the best laugh of the podcast in the entire fandom. I'm your co-host, Underrated Hero. And I'm your co-host, James Sunderland's Pillow. I'm the cool parent. And we are here to present to you the second episode of a brand new podcast. There's a lot of things we need to talk about, but first of all, James, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty well, Hero. Uh, I have been, like, ate up with Resident Evil 2 this week. It has been taking up all my free time, but uh, other than that, you know, life life happens, but it's been it's been really good. Uh, uh, that's a remake. Not much I can complain about. The remake, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a remake of the uh, PlayStation 1 classic, and it's really good. I mean, if anybody's interested in checking it out, I highly encourage it. I think it's a... First of all, Resident Evil is, like, my, my second big thing behind Loud House. It has been for a long time. I just never really had reason to talk about it until recently. But, yeah, it's really great, and you don't really need context from any of the other games if you want to play this one. So, if you're considering for it, play it. You'll have fun. It's scary. It's good. You'll, it's, it's scary good. So, just go try it. Sounds awesome. You know, I haven't... I, I must confess, I'm not a big fan of the Resident Evil franchise. But, yeah, I've honestly only... I've only heard good things about this game. So, I guess if... You know, if you like that sort of game, yeah, just try it out if you can, man. Sounds really cool. Yeah, but, but that's what I got going on on my end here. How are things going with you today? Uh, things have been awesome this past this past week, you know. Uh, we got new information about Loud House. We got a lot of feedback about our, our first steps of the podcast, launching of our podcast, you know. And that was awesome. Like, a lot of love we received and it's much appreciated, you guys. And I also, well, actually, right now we're recording on the night of Thursday, and today I had the opportunity to go see How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World, and, well, we'll be talking about that in just a few seconds. But, like I said, we had a lot of things to talk about, so James, why don't you give our friends a little summary of the things we're going to be discussing in tonight's episode of the Underrated Pillow Show, so they know what they're getting Uh, themselves into. I I will gladly, because, you know, what, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, you could have a bad time, but, uh, and it's always a bad time with us, too, but nobody's going to know that our secret. But, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, our, our pretentious conceited selves, we're going to talk a little bit about the anniversary of a certain Loud House episode. Uh, it had its one-year anniversary this past weekend. It's one of my absolute favorites. That would be self-improvement. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, fan fiction today because, you know, I, I mentioned to you the other day, I feel like people kind of got like a, a misconception of what fan fiction really is. And it's something I'm very passionate about, something I know you're passionate about. And then, yeah, we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about our thoughts going into next week's new episodes. Yeah, I'm pretty excited myself, you know, we got a Lincoln episode, we have a Lynn episode, we have a Lynn Senior episode, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, So, let's just start with, let's get this out of the way. Like I said, I saw How to Train Your Dragon 3 today, and I want to give you guys my non-spoiler review of it. Okay, I'm not gonna spoil anything about this movie. I'm not even gonna spoil anything about the previous two movies because your my co-host here, James Sunderland Spillow, hasn't seen them yet, which is outrageous. You know, I'm actually mildly triggered about it, but it doesn't matter. I, I still consider him my friend. It's just, you know, a kinda flawed friend of mine. But yeah, I have the hope that he will eventually watch these movies and love them as much as I do. Well, I, I would hope that you would uh, still be my friend after this, or else I might have to dragon with you. I don't know if that's a thing in the movies, but I just said it anyway. Yeah, um, wow, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I know, so... Uh, I got good jokes and bad jokes. I can keep them coming all day, baby. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, but yeah, so, again, repeating, this is a non-spoiler review. I'm not gonna say anything about this movie, just th- general thoughts. And yeah, I want to say, I want to get this right off the bat so there's no confusion. I 
loved this movie. I really, really liked it. I think it was an amazing movie. And this is the funny thing. I think it's probably the weakest of the three movies. But it's still a solid movie. It's still great. Like, I had so so much fun watching it. I don't know how, mo- how long it is. I assume it's about two hours long. It felt like it was four or five minutes. I was just hooked into it, you know. I, I, I never felt bored. It was just amazing and really entertaining. And even though I think it's probably the weakest of the three, I gotta say, that speaks of how good this trilogy is. And you know what, I've been thinking a lot about uh, about this since I just... Because this is this is the last chapter of this franchise. Like, it, it, it closes off in a, re- in a really good point. I don't think we're gonna see ever uh, How to Train Your Dragon 4. I think they just nailed the ending. And I've been thinking, and you know what? I think this is the best animated trilogy in movie history. I'm putting this above the Toy Story franchise. I know it sounds crazy, but I think these movies, for me, they worked on a level that, yeah, I love Toy Story. I, I really love Toy I Story. Mean, you're setting a really hard by a, a, a high bar by saying it's better than the Toy Story. I mean, that's, your that's... mileage may vary. We, I mean, you know, movies are a subjective experience, you know? movies affect different people in different ways so maybe you'll see the movies and you and you think they suck but I'm telling you I think this I didn't know this before I went to the movie I wasn't thinking oh no the first two are better than, than Toy Story but after I saw this movie and I had time to think to myself and think about the the trilogy as a whole I'm like yo this mo- these movies are amazing are fucking a man like seriously, I the first one I remember I didn't expect it to be that good. It has no right being that good of a movie as it is. It's just stupid good. And I'm going a little beyond. I think this is one of the best trilogies in movie history. Period. Like off the top of my head, I'm gonna say the Godfather trilogy is probably the best one. Then I'll probably put uh, Lord of the Rings. Then the original. Ew. Ew. <laughs> the original. Dude, Lord of the Rings is awesome, but <laughs> no. whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll say, we'll say, whatever helps you sleep at night, buddy, with your, with your special pillow. Okay, so, <laughs> Godfather Trilogy, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> then probably Star Wars, the original, right? The original That's what trilogy. we can agree on. And listen, like I said, uh, I'm probably putting How to Train Your Dragon and Toy Story there. You know, I may not be counting, um... I don't know, uh, Avengers, but that's more like you need. It's it's the Marvel. It's eighteen movies. You know, it's not just the three right. Avengers movie. Yeah. So pretty well, probably another not, one. It's probably not fair to count inter- in, but yes, please interrupt another, me. No, uh, it's not inter- It's not a uh, animated, but the Rocky trilogy, man. I don't know if you know this or not, but the, th- but the first three Rocky movies are some of my favorite. No, I didn't know that actually. But see, yeah, that's no, Rocky, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You, you like uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone being hit in the face by Ivan Drago, but you don't enjoy Lord of the Rings. See, that's the type of person you are. No, no you're this. You're the type of person who would understand that that's in Rocky Four. But we'll save this discussion for <laughs> after the recording. Oh, you got me. You got me. Okay, but okay. Uh, I was reviewing a movie, by the way, and yeah, this movie. I think it's. I tweeted about this. You know, I I posted a tweet today. I think this was the emotional closure, you know, the conclusion of this fantastic trilogy. And I also mentioned that it lacked the innocence of the first one and the epicness of the second one. 
But this movie is just, it's fantastic to look at. You know, this movie is amazing. I couldn't get my eyes off the screen. It's just, and this is a constant in the trilogy, you know. It has these amazing shots and the use of color and the lighting in these movies. It's just amazing. And it has so much heart, you know. It has so much heart. This movie was beautiful to look at. But that being said, I like I said, I think it's the weakest of the three. And I did have my problems. And I want to just give a quick review of my, the problems that I had. Uh, so I'm just going to give a little uh, summary of the plot of the movie. You know, you can probably, you know, it's probably in the official summary, you know, but in the synopsis. But this movie is about Hiccup, which is the protagonist, learning to be a leader, basically. And, uh, you know, that's all I'm going to say. And uh, he learns to be a leader. The plot revolves around a new enemy who's a dragon hunter who yeah he's pretty evil like he's not a very complex character he's pretty much just lawful evil you know evil as they get bad to the bone and he looks like a badass you know and he's trying to capture the last night fury which is hiccups dragon toothless um explain to you james but you know i i assume the most yeah people no, i know a little know. bit from yeah <laughs> yeah talking about uh we talked a little bit about this with Jackie one night. I don't know if you remember, but so yeah, this movie is about this dragon hunter looking to capture Hiccup's dragon. And here's one of my problems. I think the villain he looks really scary. He's really well introduced, and he is teased, you know, a lot throughout the movie as this really badass guy. And he's like really smart, and he knows all these tactics, and he knows how to play you know, with the psychology of, the, of our heroes, you know, and he looks really menacing, and you're thinking, oh man, this dude is gonna be uh, really tough to take down, right? But then when it really comes down to it, he's not really that impressive. He, he has a plan that makes no sense, and that really took me off of the movie for a while, because he, at, at some point, he, he looks like he has a plan, and he looks like, <laughs> I have this really meticulous plan that will destroy Hiccup and his stupid city of dragon lovers. But then his plan, it doesn't work at all. Like, his plan was stupid and it didn't work. And the movie never addresses that. Like, the, the, the plot keeps going and there's a little twist that, you know, gives him, like, a second chance. But his plan, no, he actually failed miserably. Like, it was really stupid. I gotta say, there's no way around it. <laughs> he was really stupid, but the movie pretends that he's still, you know, he's the one controlling everything, and no, he's not. He actually, he had a plan, it was stupid, it failed, and it, he, it wasn't really as cool as the movie tried to get us to believe that it was. I honestly don't know why they did that uh it really got me thinking did i miss something did i miss a scene where they explained that this was all part of his plan but no it's just his plan was just dumb and that was really <laughs> weird <laughs> that was really weird also you know what uh you haven't seen the second movie but the second movie had a villain that was pretty much the same villain we got in this one and he had the same motivation but the other dude from the second movie actually worked this one um he didn't really do anything to be honest he was 
just a presence and I gotta give him credit it was an intimidating presence you know but it wasn't nearly as as effective as they could have done it and yeah uh, there's also a little thing about uh, some parts of the plot they really feel like we are left to assume a lot of things, you know, characters take decisions and we're left to assume that, okay, no, yeah, they know what they're doing, and oh, yeah, they're right, this is the best thing they can do, but when you really look down at it, when you really look at it, it's not really, it's like, I mean, okay, and this is, I don't think it's a spoiler, but um, at some point, they're like, oh, no, we need to be careful, he has a hundred ships behind him, you know, and you're, we're, we're supposed to feel like, oh, no, he has a hundred ships, right, yeah, and he has a hundred ships, but these dudes, they have, like, a thousand dragons with them, you know, and their ships, you would think that a ship from Dragon Hunters will have fireproof sails or wood, but they don't, those ships, they actually burn up pretty easily, so I'm 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 just thinking, okay, yeah, he has a, a hundred ships, but it's probably just fifty of your dragons could just bombard it and just be done with this movie in like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I I, would, <laughs> I I I didn't believe that. Oh no, this is an imposing threat. We need to we need to do something. It's like no, you just let them come, you know, and you probably scare them off. But, <laughs> yeah, so that didn't, I, I have to say, the villain and the main conflict, there's an emotional conflict, of course, and that was really well, uh, I think that was really cool, but the, the physical threat I didn't feel was earned, you know, it, it was like, uh, you could probably win this fight if you really tried, actually. Um, and there was two parts of kinda the movie. How, uh, kind of how I felt about Ultron in Age of Ultron, if that makes any sense, that the whole movie okay. takes seriously, but go on. Okay, no, 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 it's, okay, and here's, uh, now you're speaking of, about Avengers, there's the thing, uh, there are two moments in this movie that are supposed to be these really heartfelt moments, you know, but it all happened so fast that it actually, I don't think we had the time to just process what was happening and had an emotional response, you know, equal to the things that were happening on screen. Like, they were setting up these moments that were supposed to be like, oh my god, you can hear the music, you know, lowering down and going slow, and you're supposed to, I don't know, you're supposed to cry, I guess. But it all happened too fast, and I didn't feel like they earned that moment. And I think okay. the final conflict, it lacked, now that you talk about Avengers, you know in that moment in Infinity War where, spoiler alert, uh, Thanos stabs Tony Stark? Yeah. Okay, I think it lacked that moment you know he lacked a moment of shock and you know on oh my god everything's lost you know i think the the movie at some points the pacing it was a little too fast maybe and things happened way too quickly and yeah i guess that's my main th those are my main problems but i don't want to end this well, and we might be able to talk about this uh, a little more when we get to talking about fiction but yeah it's it's really important to have a weight on these moments or it kind of gets lost you know and, and it's it is all subjective, but you know it's of still course. it still means a lot when you can when you can get the right shade of gray with the moment, if that makes any sense. You know, you got you get, you might have a great idea on paper, but if you can't implement it well in the actual movie, it's it's kind of lost. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But like I said, I don't want this to end on a gray note because, like I said, this movie is really great. It's a if I had to rate it, I would guess it's an eight out of ten. You know, it's really good. It's a really good movie. 
and the okay. character gotta... characters are just amazing like if you love these characters you know you love the progression they get and there i mean there are some side characters that they stay the same for three movies you know and that's a little annoying but the main you know hiccup and uh, olaf <laughs> exactly but hiccup <laughs> and his girlfriend astrid their dynamic on screen and their chemistry is just it's one of the best couples i've seen in a long time in you know mainstream media you know it's like they just you look at them you're like oh yeah this is my otp like there's no way you can look at these characters and not believe that they're in love like at all it's just it's amazing i love how they portray their relationship and that was one of the to me that was one of the best parts of the movie because uh you, you well you didn't see the first two movies but in the first two movies astrid she's just you know she's a side character you know the protagonist is hiccup and his dragon and astrid's there you know and she gives him advice and she plays with him and stuff but in this movie she actually plays somewhat important role you know She's not just there for Hiccup. She's there and she does things, you know. And she, when Hiccup, he when he doesn't know where to where to go to or what decision to make, she is there to you know be the be this beacon of hope, you know, when he needs it the most. And I just thought that was brilliant and amazing. And this movie looks fantastic. And it's just wow, guys, go see it. Um, the, 8 out of 10, this movie is a must-see if you like this franchise. Great franchise overall. Okay, now that, that leads me to a question. You know, uh, like I said, I haven't, I've heard enough about you talk about them that, yeah, sometime soon I'm going to sit down and just watch them. But uh, for, for our lovely audience here, uh, what would be your, like, one favorite thing about not just the third movie, uh, but also the entire trilogy? What would it be, like, the main selling point, you think? I think, well, first, yeah, no, it's the dynamic between uh, Hiccup and Toothless, the man and the dragon. This this whole franchise yeah. is about friendship. And it's, it's like almost uh, My Little Pony, you know, it's like the power of friendship, you know. <laughs> and it's really, that, that was one of the things that really impressed me about the first movie. It's about looking beyond stereotypes and what we, the ideas, the, the preconcepts we have in our heads, you know. It's about... Um, I think in the first movie, uh, Hiccup says everything we th we think we know about you, dragons, is wrong because he's been raised to believe that dragons are demons. You know, they're they're killing machines. They just destroy. They just kill. And he realizes, no, we can be friends with the dragons if we try. And the 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 bond that ties Hiccup and Toothless is the thing that drives the plot forward in all of these three movies like in the three movies the things that happen happen because hiccup is a friend with a dragon you know and yeah. i think that's just amazing i think that that's just brilliant the way they portray it and it's a friendship that you can believe it's a friendship you can support and it's just so magnificent it's just so well told you know and I, it's really the thing that really I love the most about this franchise. It's the friendship. Friendship can do anything. You know, that's like the lesson of this trilogy. Okay, well, the the, the jerk part of me wants to start singing the Friendship is Magic theme song, but the, but the decent human being side of me wants to say that that actually sounds really great. And I, I'm glad this, these stories have stuck with you so well, man. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's supposed to be lasting. It's supposed to give you a lot to think about and uh, resonate with you for whatever reason it might be, you know, whether 
you take it away the friendship part of it or the message is about you know giving people chances whatever it is but it, it still sounds really good and yeah i need to just sit down and watch the movies and uh not just saying that because you're my friend but you know it just sounds good now now that you're talking about it yeah and i agree with you i think a good story should resonate with the audience and stick with them you know a story can be good and you can see something good but if you forget about it the next day you know it really makes you question whether it was really that good or just you know just good for the moment and so that was my review of the house of dragon 3 uh hidden world go see it i believe it premieres in the u.s next week so if you can guys i give you my blessing to go see it but since we're talking about you know things that stick with us through time uh this leads into our next topic of the day because last week it was the one year anniversary of an episode of the loud house and james the floor is yours okay well thank you because uh i can talk about this topic for not just this episode but all night uh carol pingree is old always been a, a special character to me for a lot of reasons that I, again, just talk about for hours. But for now, I'll just stick with the self-improvement as an episode. You know, it was really great. My hype going into it was was through the roof, <laughs> probably more than it had any right to because, um, and this we'll talk about later, but I am a fan fiction writer. And that I do consider to be my master status. You know, that's that's my thing. You know, when I'm dead and gone, I want people to remember me for being a writer. You know, that's, that's what really matters the most to me. And, uh, Carol became a very important character to me when I started my Luna Strange story because I wanted uh, to fulfill this Victoria Chase role. If anybody knows Life is Strange, if not, you know, you're missing out. Go go play Life is Strange as, as soon as you're done watching How to Drain Your Dragon. Yeah, it's an awesome game. Three. Like I was saying, I, I, Carol was a character that I put in there to kind of fulfill this role, and I kind of just fell in love with writing her and coming up with ideas for who she could be. It led me to writing my own story about her, and uh, shipping her with Luna. Uh, but self-improvement alone, I had this much hype going into it, but then when it actually premiered, it was so good. And I always joke that Lori episodes are the best episodes, and we'll talk more about that when, if, if and when we do an episode about it. Uh, but I always, I, I, I thought that episode was just strong, not only for its, its ultimate seed, you know, the moment where we finally get to hear Carol talk and just hear her and Lori pour their guts out to each other, but also it was just a strong episode going into the moment for for Lori and what she was going through and it was just fun and you have the little anime scenes where they've got the the blue blaring in the background and letty going oh hey can i have my phone back and the stuff with bobby and it's it was just a strong Lori episode too but that that's my thought that's my opinions on it what, what did you think of selfie improvement oh i actually quite liked how did it. you feel about it yeah i actually quite liked it yeah uh, i think selfie improvement is probably one of the of the best episodes of season three uh probably my top 10 and I thought it was lovely, you know, like I said, like you say, Lori, okay, I don't want to really talk about that, <laughs> we're probably going to talk about her when we, like you said, when and if we do an episode yeah. on Lori, but let's just say that Lori, because she's not, um, because she doesn't have, like, one thing that she's good at, like everyone else, right, like, uh, she's not, you know, good at sports, or good at music, or good at poetry, you know, because she doesn't have one little thing that defines her character, she's easy to put into different situations, and I believe that's why there's so many Lori episodes, because for the writers, it's easier to just, you know, okay, how can we make this story about Lynn? Okay, we need a sport, you know? Well, no, with Lori, you can just go for a more relatable and more grounded 
uh, type of story, right? And I think this one was, first of all, it was really funny. And I think, you know, this show is about funny episodes, you know? You can't have a Laughas episode that's not funny. It doesn't work like that. And no. And I think it was really funny, but it also had a lot of heart into it, you know? Like... Uh, the when she's talking with Bobby and when she realizes, okay, no, you know what, I I can't win, you know, she she is better than me. I just need to accept that I can't be so into this competition. You know, I need to just accept that. Well, maybe she's better than me, and you know, give up, right? And I think that was a really good uh, character moment for Lori when she realized that, you know. And yeah, I'm gonna be honest, you know, I never really thought too much about Carol. <laughs> like, I knew, okay, I knew she appeared in Picture Perfect and she was mentioned a couple of times throughout the episodes, you know. Like, Lori would talk, be talking on the phone with her friends and she would like, oh my god, I can't believe Carol said that or something like that. And the only thing that I had thought of her was that, okay, she can be, you know, okay, she's Lori's rival, but I don't believe she's just, you know, just an evil character you know oh she's just a random bitch you know nah she's probably has, <laughs> she probably has more character than that and i well, well never see, got to you're a normal person for thinking that way <laughs> yeah you're you're a normal person for thinking that way you're not you're not some weirdo who's like okay i need to turn carol carol into this three to make some losers do with their free time but wait no 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 i'm not saying no <laughs> no you got me wrong no I, i'm saying that i i didn't think that she would be just you know uh, okay, no, she's just uh, an evil character. No, I, I thought she could be, she could probably have, you know, like a backstory and stuff like that. But, you know, for my fan fiction, for my own fan fiction, uh, Reckon for Aloud, I only had some ideas that, okay, she's actually, and this turned out to be canon, <laughs> but I was like, she actually right. has like <laughs> an inferiority complex, you know, like she, she thinks that Lori is better than her, you know, and. I always had canon her as a single child, so my idea was that she's jealous of Lori having a big family, a big loving family, you know, and and maybe that's why you know she's so conceited and she oh she's homecoming queen, you know. Well, I always thought well maybe she has all of that, but she doesn't have the love that Lori has with her family, you know. And I always like loved that idea, but I never really did anything with it. <laughs> you know, unlike you, who actually wrote two stories with her. Well, no, I gotta call you out on your BS here for a second because you wrote Frenemies Day One. Okay. No, I read that before we even became like friends. I think I think you published it when I was around. Uh, I don't remember if it was after Selfie Improvement or before Selfie Improvement, but I think I was in the process of writing Care Like Luna at the time. And I'm with you where it was a. Uh, one of the first things I, I thought about when establishing character traits for Carol, because, you know, uh, uh, I want to I say this well, but she's kind of, I don't want to say she's like an OC, but she's she's a character that, you know, she's just kind of in the background and you don't really have a lot established for it besides, you know, that little moment you get from Picture Perfect where it's like, okay, she's Lori's rival, obviously, and uh, she's, she's clearly okay with coming to the loud house house just to stage her up for a little bit uh and you kind of take that and build it to her but one of the things that i uh, that first came to mind when developing her as a character from my stories was okay she's probably an only child and that just works for her as opposed to you know luna or Lori, who have that and carol maybe doesn't so that's kind of why maybe she does rely so much on her reputation and is in uh you know other social stuff. 
but but anyway, to kind of get to the point, yeah, Carol has uh, has always been a very important character to me for for reasons that you know I have to explain myself for, and I'm okay explaining. You know, uh, people have questioned me before about why I care so much about her and why I ship her with Luna of all people. It's one of those things where best and easiest way to answer it is, you know, I write fan fiction. This is what I do, and she was a character that I found myself endeared to writing for, and that's what I did with Luna. She and I'm happy with what I've done with her. Yeah, and you know what? Um, that really leads into the next the next topic we were going to discuss, which is fan fiction. You know, and yeah, I think in the end, uh, one of the reasons why most of us write fan fiction is because it allows us to do things like this. You know, it's like, oh man, I really love this character. I want to know more of them, but the show isn't giving us much to work with. What can I do? Well, you can probably either write it yourself or read something that someone else wrote, you know? And that's one of the most exactly. powerful things that we fanfic writers and readers have. It's like, it's really empowering when you think about it because you can take these characters that no one really knows much about and give them a personality and, uh, you know, their own objectives and goals. And if they work and if you make them work, then you can actually get other people to think the same way you do, and it might actually define the fanon for these characters, you know? Well, and the big thing that comes to mind is um, not not really a fan fiction, but Luagi. You know, like, we have this Luagi thing, and I love Luagi, you know this, most people know this, but, um, you know, there's a lot of things that have been established in fanon for her, and a lot of other characters, too. And it, it's not impossible, It's and it's, it's a lot of fun for us, you know? Maybe the show does it, maybe the show... Joseph later on, you know, like calling Chunk Chester when you, when you've already wrote his name is like Bart or something, but <laughs> it's just how it is. Yeah, no, but that's one of the most amazing <clears throat> things about writing fan fiction. And I would like to know because I don't think we've ever talked about this. But I would like to know and I want you I also want the audience to know how, how did you get into fan fiction? Okay, so it kind of goes with how I got into the fandom actually. Uh you know, like we talked about last week, and go listen to it if you haven't already, True Believers. You'll get a free no prize. Uh, but if when I was, uh, I watched Ellis for Love and squid like a little girl into my pillow, I was like, just so ate up with Saluna, and it was like, man, I gotta find more of it. And I just, I literally just Googled Sam Luna Loudhouse and came across uh, stuff on DeviantArt, and I came across uh, the superior fanfiction site, Archive of Our Own. Uh, but, and that's kind of how I got into it. And it took me a while. I mostly read fan fiction for a while. Uh, I didn't read Loud House stuff, actually. Uh, I read a lot of, like, Kim Possible fiction, because, like, Kigo, I'm a Kigo guy. Uh, I read a lot of Life is Strange fiction, some Fallout stuff. And then, little known fact, I was actually working on an original story for a while, which turned into my first fic, Wanderers, which is uh, a, a Luagi Silent Hill thing. And that's kind of how it's it all started for me, and I've, I've been the happiest I've ever been ever since, to be quite frank. But what about you, Hero? What, uh, but what, before we go before we go how's into your... before we go into that, uh, so you started your experience as a fanfic writer started with Lao House? Yeah, like uh, I've written for myself like my entire life, but never anything like I shared with anybody. You know, I, I would always keep like a notebook just for like drabbles or ideas for scenes like what would happen if this were a movie or if this were a thing like i did some stuff for resident evil some stuff for x-men it, it was all there but i never really i knew i didn't know you could share it on until i discovered archive of our own and fan fiction and it was like okay well now i can actually 
write stuff and share it with the world and it's thing you know just just knowing that one person out there has taken the time to read what you wrote is it's phenomenal yeah it, it really is but yeah that's that's my uh my story of how i kind of got into fan fiction so now it's your turn we're playing spin the bottle here and the bottle is <laughs> okay yeah well i actually my story with fan fiction goes a lot goes a long way back you know i believe I first started reading fan fiction when I was, I believe, I'm almost sure I was like 10 years old. And I remember oh, I was, wow. yeah, no, I started really young into this. Uh, and I remember I, I was reading Pokemon fanfic at the time. And I don't, I don't know how I came across it. I really don't know. I just know that it's, I was I was like 10 years old and I was suddenly reading Pokemon fan fiction. And it was awesome. I remember reading a story that made me cry. Like, it was beautiful. Uh, I'm not going to start sharing details, but it was beautiful. And from there, you know, it's like every time I got into something, I would just, okay, I, I really like this. Uh, is there any fan fiction of it? You know, it was like a, like a natural instinct that I had just to, okay, I love this thing. Let's just look for fan fiction of it. And I remember um, reading a lot of Digimon fanfic, and that's when I actually... Got it. Oh, a Naruto fanfics. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I remember reading a lot of Naruto fanfiction. Okay, so, uh, so moral of the story is underrated hero is an anime nerd. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, my I, I started writing when I was 12. And I I started writing for Digimon. I, rem I remember, okay, yeah, I wrote for Digimon. And I remember writing... After that, I started writing Dragon Ball fanfiction a little. Uh, I was writing a Naruto fanfic, and I remember, I I I never caught up with the manga. You know, I I I was only you know watching the show when I got from school. You know, at five p.m. Okay, what's what's in Cartoon Network? Oh, Naruto. Let's see it. Let's watch it. So I remember I I, I knew about some stuff from the internet, like the Agatsuki. Uh, which I don't know if you know about it, but people, the audience probably I knows. Don't. Okay, so there's the Akatsuki is like this group of people, but at the time in the anime, we did. I didn't. Uh, most people did, but I haven't gotten to that part yet, so I didn't know their abilities. I just remember reading fan fiction about them, and I was like, okay, so there's this guy named Toby, uh, and I read this fan fiction where no one knows who he is, so that's probably his character. So I would like start and stuff like that but and later i found out like the the guy that wrote the fan fiction had, was like it was like an au or something so i was like taking <laughs> so i was taking like an au as canon you know that was <laughs> really embarrassing that's the greatest thing i've ever heard you your <laughs> your perception of fanning got jost big yeah. time <laughs> yeah it was really fun I, but I remember when you when... get actual show <laughs> yeah no, awesome. it, it was awesome <laughs> I mean, I was like 13 years old at the time, you know. Uh, then I kept writing for... I, oh, I wrote the Mortal Kombat fanfiction once, I remember. But Damn. after that, I draw, I stopped writing for a couple of years. I remember when I was 16, I started writing again. And I wrote for like one more year. I, I was still... I, I went back to my Digimon roots and I was like writing for it. And then I actually... I, I took another break for like a year and I came back when in 2016 when I found this show The Lot House. I got into it and 
at some point I was like, I remember going to fanfiction.net and there were only, I'm pretty sure there were only 30 stories, right? And only two in Spanish. And I was like, oh man, I this this fandom is like really new. I didn't know there were so little, so so few fanfics, right? And, and so I was thinking, okay, I want to do something, you know? And I started writing Requiem and I posted it. And then I was like, oh, but there's only like two people in this, in the Spanish fandom. Uh, I should probably, because I, I've always, I, I knew how to read fan fiction in English, right? But I never really tried to write in English. And I was like, oh, I mean, well, I'm going to try it out so I can have a, probably more readers, you know, because like, like I said, the fan, the Spanish fandom was still non-existent at that point. So I was like, oh no, if okay. I want like feedback, I need to go to the English fandom. So I started translating it and yeah, that was three years ago. Well, not three exactly, but almost three years ago. And here I am still writing Lara's fan fiction. And I mean, I got, I got to address the elephant in the room with the fact that the thing has blown up to become the biggest fanfic as numbers will tell you on the archive i mean pretty much everybody in the twitterverse and in the fan fiction community knows what requiem for allowed is i'll just say that from what i've read it's it's very powerful very moving you're you're super talented hero from everything that i've read with you uh from everything i've helped you with and everything you've helped me with uh shameless plug for christmas moana here uh but it it's Oh well, thanks a lot, James. That 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 means a lot coming from someone as talented as you are, and you know what? Um, I'm a hack. <laughs> yes, yes, you are actually a hack. But are, are, <laughs> but aren't we all? But no, um, you say like uh, you only read the first few chapters, and you know what? That's funny because, like I said, I had never really tried to write in English, so I just learned as I went along, you know. And the first few chapters, they they're disgustingly bad, you know. Like they need a lot of editing. That at the time I didn't know. That now I look back at it, I'm like, oh no, yeah, I know how to fix this. At the time I didn't. And you also said how it blew up. And yeah, honestly, I never expected, uh, like when I started writing, I, I, I didn't even know if I wanted to fully commit to it because I could already tell, oh, this is going to be a long story and I'm not sure if I want to like commit to it, you know, but yeah, yeah so actually in the first, especially in the third chapter, I did some things that I was like, ah, okay, let's just try this out. And nowadays I wouldn't do, you know. Uh, I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> but there are some things I wouldn't do nowadays. And back then I did it because I didn't know, you know, okay, no one's going to probably, no one's going to read this anyway. Right. Yeah. I, I read the first two chapters and, you know, but all, all I'll say is, you know, I, I like to accentuate the positives going and reading the third chapter was like, okay, this hero guy's legit. This, this guy knows his stuff. I can't wait to see what happens next. It's... And and ultimately, at the end of the day, to do is is try and get the story out there and write it to the best of your ability, right? I mean, you don't have to fluff something up with millions of words of purple prose if you're getting the point across. You know, kind kind of going back to what you said about how you said how to train your dragon. It, you can put a lot of thought into a scene or whatever, but if if the delivery sucks when it happens, it doesn't matter how good the idea is. It, it 
it's just not going to resonate with the reader, the watcher, who, or whatever media it is, right? Yeah, no, and I think you also you also said something there that it, I think that's the key that you said, you know, to the best of our ability, and I think that when that's the most important thing when it comes to writing fan fiction, like. I'm I'm still learning, you know. I'm not a professional fanfic writer or anything like that, you know. Like I'm still just a hack that's still learning how to write, right? But I feel that when it comes to writing fanfiction, the key is that the writer needs to feel like they're giving their all, you know. Like they, if they're passionate with an idea, just try your best, you know. And it may, it may not be, it may even it may even be bad the first time you write it, right? But that's natural, you know, you'll get better the more you write. But as long as you can, as long as you have something to tell, and as long as there's something you want to share with the world and you're passionate about it, I can promise you it shows. And there's some really good fan fiction that it's really well written, you know. It's like the prose is perfect and oh my god, look at this vocabulary, you know, and oh my god, all these metaphors, this is a... This is delightful, but then you read it and you, it's really, it really it feels like it has no soul, you know, and it feels empty. Right. And there, and then there's some fan fiction that, oh my god, they have a lot of typos and the format may not be right, but they have something to tell, you know, and they're, I don't know, it usually happens when it's like shipping fan fiction, like when you can tell that oh, this, <laughs> this dude cares a lot about these two characters being together. And even though it has a lot to improve, you can see, you can feel the love, you know, in those words. And I, in, at the end of the day, that's the thing that the reader will remember, you know. The reader won't remember, oh, you, he misspelled this, this word here, you know. The reader's going to remember the experience of reading it. And if I have to give any advice to a new writer or something, it's just write what you love, you know. Because if you write what you love... And you're trying, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be to the best of your ability. And that's what makes a fan fiction worth reading, you know, and worth writing. You're just, you you hit the nail right on the head there. I, I can't even, basically just retweet what you said. Because the passion is all that matters. Man. And you got to do it because you want to do it. I compare this to somebody asking about this the other day. It's, it's like playing an instrument, right? You can tell yourself, hey, I might be a great guitar player, but if you don't want to really learn how to play guitar, what's the point? You know, it, you've got to have that muse and you've got to have something inside of you that makes you really just want to see something happen. And for me, it was seeing more Lou Aggie or seeing some Silent Hill Loud House crossover or getting Carol to uh, be shipped with Luna. You know, and that's that's what I wanted to do. I didn't do it because somebody else wanted me to. I did it because I wanted to. And, you know, I'm grateful for all the people that have read it. You know, I, I think the world of anybody who's read my stories. But if you don't read them, I'm not – I did it for myself at the end of the day. I did it because it was fun. And I think anybody – I think anybody with the passion can just take some time to maybe just even write a little travel. Like, Sam I Am, Falling for You by Random Redneck on Archive of Our Own. It's the very first fanfic I ever read. And it's just a little 400-word story about Sam and Luna. And it changed my life, literally. It literally changed my life, because at that moment, I knew 
I had a way to explore these things that maybe the show wouldn't give me, and I'm, I, I thank God every day for. Can you repeat the name of the story and where to find it? It is uh, Sam. I am fall for you by Random Redneck, and if you're listening, Random Redneck, I, I love you unconditionally. Uh, and it's on an archive of our own, which is again the superior fan fiction site. But yeah, I keep telling yourself that James. Everyone it. knows fanfiction.net is the place to post your stories. I mean, if you wanna share it with no one, go to archive of our own. You know, at least <laughs> you you'll get some really nice tags there for you to look at. But if you want readers and you want to show your stuff with people, then go to fanfiction.net. Yeah. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. T take his advice. He knows what he's doing, Mr. 1000 Followers for Requiem. Oh, shut the fuck up, James. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, fan fiction, I think. Um, well, do you have any other favorite fan fiction or something you want to share before we move on from this? Well, um, I can. I don't know how many people will uh, appreciate it, considering, like I said, most of the, most of the house... I haven't really read a lot of Loud House fiction, believe it or not. When I kind of started writing, I kind of stopped reading stuff because it's like all my free time. I'm like, okay, I got to work on this new story, and that's like that's the what I like to call the author's bug. It's like when you're not working, you're thinking of what you're going to be working on next. But um, I will say my favorite Loud House story is easily "Live to Lynn" by my boy Loud Automata 16. It's a little one shot, uh, just talking, telling stories about Lynn hanging out with her siblings blings at the heart of the show and that's what i loved about it the most uh in terms of like another side of the fandom there's lenny and the jets by the man in the couch who is probably the most talented author in the fandom from what i've read you know uh little monsoon is up there too uh this one jerk underrated hero uh but yeah lenny and the jets it's a story about lenny being an assassin actually so you know trigger warnings there were appropriate but it's it's a it's a really fun story for me anyway But that, that's kind of my master. What about you, buddy? What are some of your favorite fics to go back and read? Okay, you know what? This is actually hard for me because I used to read a lot of fan fiction back in 2016 and in 2017. But last year, you know, and on what is, you know, and we're in January now, um, I haven't been reading a lot. I, I haven't caught up, you know, with the archive and stuff i mean i had a pretty busy year last year a lot of things happened to me in real life and i couldn't you know like read all the new stuff but i there's some fan fictions out there that i can always remember you know that i will always remember uh one of them is one of the first fan fictions that i that i read actually is called uh the the lib house or the live house i'm sorry and You know, yeah. that story, yeah, you know about it. I don't think you read it, but... I haven't, but okay. it's on the list. Yeah, no, and it's about, it's an AU where The Loud House is like an actual TV show, you know, like a sitcom, and the actors are playing, you know, they're actors playing the kids. They're not really brothers, they're just actors, child actors, most of them. And it's about the the child actor that plays uh, Lincoln uh, falling in love with the actress that plays Lynn and it's just a cute love story you know it's really cute um they're they're not siblings in this AU they're just actors right but it's really cute and it's really well written and I, I'm almost certain it's by the man in the couch so you know you just said it like yeah, it the best authors. yeah it's one of the best authors there is and that's a story that I I always loved there's also one that kind of um, It was kind of my inspiration. It's called Inadequate. 
right? And it's a really sad story. It de- it has a lot of trigger warnings, you know, like um, suicide attempt and stuff like that. And it was really sad. And I remember when I was planning on writing Wrecking, at some point I was thinking, oh man, this sto- if I write this story, this is going to be really, really sad and depressing, you know? It's really dark. And should- does this work with this show? Does a dark story work with this show? And when right when when I was thinking about that, I read this fanfic and I was like, "Oh no, this this can totally work," you know. And it really inspired me to keep going and you know start this huge project that I'm that I've been working on for the past few years. And yeah, there's a lot of fan good fan fiction, but if I had to just you know off the top of my head go with two, I'll probably say those. There's also well, there's also a fanfic that. Man, I should have studied this earlier, but I'm pretty sure it's called Lynn's Valentine, right? By some hack called James Sunderland's Pillow, I believe. Oh, I know that one. An Ordinary Valentine. He wrote that for his boyfriend. Man, that was so lame. Yeah, but it was just a cute story about Lincoln, uh, Lynn being sad and Lincoln cheering her up, you know, and... I Lincoln and Lynn are my two favorites, so reading that story was really cute, and it has a special place in my heart because uh, that uh, that stupid author wrote it for someone, and just the idea of oh wow, this dude has such a good friendship with this other dude, you know, that he will write something for them. It has like a sentimental value, you know, that adds to the quality, the great quality of the writing. So even though I couldn't remember the name, it's always in my heart. No, you know what? Fan fiction is actually a really healthy output, you know, for people who like to write and for people who like to read and for people who just love a show or a book or or a movie and they want to see something else, you know, want to see what would happen if. And that's the big question. That's the heart of fan fiction, right? The if. The if question. If. What if? Yeah. You know, it's. That's the beauty of it. And that's what's just so so precious about fan fiction um okay james we're actually i think we're going a little overboard so we should probably try to wrap this up i was right? just thinking the same thing yeah so there's too, just one little thing so we need to talk about because next week we have new episodes coming from the loud house uh we have okay l- help me out we have um predictability, driving uh, predict- ambition yeah driving ambition predictability here today gone tomorrow and home of the fab right yeah Okay. Yeah. So just a quick summary for the people who don't know about this. Um, Driving Ambition is going to be a Lori episode. Uh, it's about, you know, she's playing a golf tournament and people from a new college, not the college from the Great Lake City with the Casa Grandes, another college is coming to see her. And so it's probably going to have a lot of, you know, drama involving, oh my God, should I, should I, do I go to this college? Do I go with, do I stick with my plans with Bobby? There's also predictability, which is a, which is a Lincoln episode, and it's about Lincoln fearing that he's predictable, like he like people know what he'll say or what he'll do because he has like a routine, how so he's gonna try to change it, you know, to be less predictable and more original or something like that. And I feel like this episode is going to be really yeah. good. I feel like it's gonna deal with you know the feeling of am I interesting enough as as I am or should I change, you know. Well, and and then lucky you, hero. There's also a Lynn episode coming out called Hero Today. Wink, Yay. wink. Gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and that's about uh, Margot getting her millionth goal or something like that. A one in and a million. Kind of... A one in a million goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And and 
Lynn kind of has to, uh, she, she's going to have to adjust to that. She's got to maybe learn a lesson or two. She- yeah, being in the spotlight. And just so you know, guys, I actually wrote a fan fiction about that called, um, I believe it's called Pass to Glory. No, no, wait, that's in Spanish. No, the title in English is uh, Taking One for the Team. And it's about, there's a new girl in Lynn's soccer team. And suddenly, you know, she's almost as good or as good as Lynn. And suddenly she's like the new star because everyone's going like, oh man, look at this new girl. She's she's just she's just awesome. And Lynn has to learn to, okay, I can be in the spotlight always. And she has to learn to cope with that and all of that. Uh, go read it <laughs> on fanfiction.net. Okay, okay. This, it's just too coincident. Either... Either you're a writer for Nickelodeon and you just haven't told me, or or Kevin Sullivan is out there reading our fix, just stealing our ideas. So Kevin, if you're listen, Kevin, but, Kevin, Kevin, listen, if you're Kevin, <laughs> if you're listening this, you need to write more lane episodes, man. You need to. <laughs> we need more lane episodes. No, we need more Luna. Don't don't even get me. Started. We need a Luna but, and Lane anyway, episode. Anyway, Luna anyway. and Lane bonding together. What about that? Please, please don't don't even tease me like that, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but yeah, and, and then the final, the final player coming up this week is Home of the Fave, which will deal with Lynn Senior. It looks like, uh, you know, having to be put on the spot supposedly. So hopefully that goes well for him and the Eleven Louds. Yeah, and we're gonna this all these episodes premiere next. I think in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So on next Friday. On the third episode of the Underrated Pillow Show, we're gonna be talking about them. We're gonna be reviewing them and showing our thoughts. You know, we like talking about this show. We love watching this show. So we're probably gonna just gush about everything we loved and the things that didn't work for us uh, from next week's episodes on next Friday on the next episode of this podcast. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for you guys tonight. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, Hero. I learned some things about myself. I learned some things about you. I learned a lot of things about how to train your dragon, like how I need to just go watch the damn thing already. Exactly. But most importantly, I learned that this is going to be a really fun podcast going forward. I'm really excited to just sit down and talk with you again next week. Same here, James. It's always a pleasure talking with you, my best friend. Ah, shucks. You're not a good liar, but you're handsome, so I'll let you get away with We're ridiculous. But that's what we got <laughs> yes yes thank you we're ridiculous on the two-year anniversary of self-improvement i'm just gonna recite that scene but anyway we've taken enough of your guys time tonight uh thanks as always for listening and we will see you next week for those reviews true believers stay classy <laughs> <laughs>